Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 97 with our guest, G. Brian Benson. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thanks for joining us. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Our guest today is an award-winning and number one best-selling author, radio host, actor, filmmaker, and TEDx speaker. He knows the value of trusting intuition and wants to share his own personal journey of self-growth, discovery, and accomplishment to help others reconnect with their own personal truths to live an authentic and fulfilling life. Get this part, as a four-time Iron Man triathlete. Do you know what an Iron Man triathlete is? Well, this is a four-time Iron Man triathlete and cross-country bicyclist. Brian knows the value of hard work and never giving up on his dreams, I would say so. A message he shares with audiences through each of his creative expressions. There is so much I'm excited to dig into here. Help me welcome our guest. It's G. Brian Benson. What's going on, Brian? Hey, Josh. Thank you. Good to be here. Absolutely. Um, I, know, um, I know about the Iron Man because my, uh, my older brother um, did it a couple of times. Oh, awesome. Tell us what it involves physically. Okay. Well, the Ironman distance is a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride, and a 26.2 marathon run. Wow. So a swim immediately so you're wet and perhaps cold and um and then you immediately have to go on the bike yep and then you immediately have to do a full marathon after that yes wow and you did this four times yes why (laughs) Uh, mm, i think a combination of things uh the first two that i did were way back in 89 and 90 when i was just a wee lad wow and I had a knee injury and I, you know, it was pretty bad. I got, my kneecap got knocked out of place playing mud football in college. And I just set a goal to rehab my leg. And, you know, cause I was very active and played a lot of sports in high school. And I just set that goal of entering a short course, a triathlon sprint race. And a year later I got to the starting line and I just had a ball. It really made me feel alive and empowered. And I ended up doing four more that summer. And then I did 10 the next summer. And then that third year, I did my first Ironman. So I think it just kind of was a natural progression. 
Yeah. yeah. What did you learn from being able to successfully complete that? I think it really, it, it's interesting. I think, well, I mean, it gave me a lot of confidence, obviously. And I think that helped, you know, late in later years, having that experience, those experiences in my back pocket going forward with other uh, new ventures. But as we kind of briefly talked about, you know, off air, you know, as we're all kind of here working on learning how to love and accept ourselves. And I think I was working on that. And, and, and I think that kind of gave me a boost. I think it also acted a little bit as a band-aid. So it wasn't a fix, but yet it was something that kind of, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought maybe it would be the answer to, to cleaning up that, but. Um, You're talking about the love and acceptance. Yeah, part. self-worthiness, sure. Sure. So I think subconsciously, I think it was kind of maybe a potential fix for my own self-worthiness issues. Was it? No, no. no. Right. It was wonderful. And I'm glad, I mean, it was an amazing ex experience, isn't it? It became a lifestyle and it taught me how to be healthy and find a really, you know, um, solid routine and learn, you know, what to put in my body and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was wonderful. It was an education and it was entertainment too. I mean, I just, it was wonderful. It was fun. It made me feel alive. But I realized that it, looking back, it wasn't enough. You know, and that needs to come from within. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I identified the theme of this show, which I know is the um, title of your TEDx talk, actually, Be Yourself to Free Yourself. And then like you alluded to, we were talking about the idea of learning to love and accept yourself, which my goodness, I don't know why that's such a difficult thing for us to do. <laughs> I spent decades um, not loving and accepting myself. And in fact, showing up and trying to do everything, you know, almost incorrectly to, yeah. to, to, to get that love and acceptance, which my path uh, in the acting and filmmaking world, 15 years took me uh, because I was looking back in part perhaps in big part, I was looking for that external approval, those accolades, right? Just applaud for me, like me, love me, tell me I'm good enough. You find that your, your path into the arts similar or different? I think, well, that's interesting. I think mine's a little different. I think maybe there are definitely some similarities. I think, yes, we all want to be, you know, I want it to be acknowledged and stuff, but uh, you know, I, in all the classes that I've taken since I've been out here and stuff, you know, I definitely see people that are just crying out almost, you know, just, just like, love me, see me, you know, and they just have to really express themselves in huge ways. I'm more introverted. Uh, I'm an outgoing introvert, but so that doesn't, I don't feel the need to do it like that. I guess for me, um, it comes through like, you know, some of the projects that I might do or the, you know, videos that I put out or the short films I make, you know, I want those to be seen and adored and, you know, and, and people find value in their messages. So I guess it's the same thing, but maybe I'm just, I do it in a little more low key hmm. way. What was your, what was your thing about love and acceptance for yourself where it didn't, how did you have to find it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I had a really loving family. My grandparents were very loving. My parents were, I mean, you know, we all had our issues and stuff. Yeah, but but yet yeah, they were loving. I don't know. I um, One of the things that kind of might have tripped me up was when I was in 
high school playing baseball. I was on the JV baseball team as a sophomore, and there was just a couple of us that were sophomores, and the other guys were a year older. One of them thought I looked like a monkey, and so he and a handful of his bully friends started calling me that all season, and even in, during school, and it really made me feel not very attractive. And so I think I carried that forward for a long time. You know, mm. high school can be tough, you know, and, and, and uh, so wow. probably had to work through that, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure uh, if there were any other things that happened to me that I can really remember that might have kept me down. How did you get yourself out of that then? Oh, it's just a process. I mean, it took me 25 years. I mean, I, I don't think for a while there, I don't know if I was aware of that's why I was struggling. And, you know, um, but after I left my family business 10 years ago and really started stepping, stepping out of my comfort zone, I've always tried to be the best version of myself. I think as I became more self-aware and started started kind of being in the observer's perch of my own hero's journey and documenting it, I became, through the self-growth process, I became more self-aware of where I was being tripped up and what was holding me back. And so, you know, it just, through my own work, you know, just, just uh, some by accident, some by, um, you know. Deliberate. Del yeah, deliberate. What was this family business? We had a golf center uh, in Salem, Oregon. It was a driving range, a retail store, and a nine-hole par three course. Hmm. Who, yeah. who started this? Your, your parents, your grandparents? Or well, no, it actually was started by a couple of uh, gentlemen, uh, a couple of World War II veterans. Um, it was just a driving range, and that was actually my first job. I started working there when I was in seventh grade, picking up the range balls, driving a beat-up old John Deere mower, and we had a crappy cage made out of chicken wire to try to protect me from the balls. And uh, that was my first job. And my, my dad ended up purchasing it from them a couple years later when I was in high school. So I worked there during high school and um, he then kind of got a partner and they expanded it, adding the course and a, a bigger store. And then I started running it uh, in 1997, about three or four years out of college. I, I kind of needed some direction. And so I went up there and ran it for 11 years. Hmm. What, what did you go to college for? Uh, I didn't, well, I was one of those that kind of just thought, knew that I was going to go to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I stuck it out and got a degree. I, I graduated with a worksite health promotion degree, and a lot of folks in that field might have uh, set up wellness programs for people and businesses and such. So, so it, for, yeah. for me, I was racing in triathlons uh, in, in college, and so it just kind of felt like some of the classes matched up with exercise biz and <clears throat> public health and stuff, so I, that's kind of what I ended up in. So there was no, um, no look to becoming an actor at that point. Oh, no, I didn't even know until a few years back. Wow. Yeah. I mean, all, everything that I've done was a complete surprise. I didn't even know what I was going to do after I left um, 10 years ago. I, I just knew that I, I was kind of burnt out working there, and I felt like I was supposed to do something else with my life. I felt like I had a gift inside of me that needed to come out, but I didn't know what it was, but, but I needed to try to release it. So... What was that? What was yeah. that feeling like? What were those thoughts like? That how do you? What did mm -hmm. that feel like? Well, for me, it's just it's just kind of like a knowing. It's hard to explain because intuition is tough for me to talk about because I think it hits everybody a little bit differently. Um, but for me, it was just I knew that I I needed to keep growing in a different way, and I I, I just couldn't do that anymore. And so, luckily, I'm one of those that 
you know, I need to keep moving if something feels like that, whether it's a relationship or what have you. But so I just, I just knew. And so I had a chat with my dad and luckily he was understanding and he even shared some things with me that he would have done some things differently too, had he could have, you know, turned the clock back. So he understood and that gave, I would have done it anyway, either way, but that gave me that, you know, it felt good to have the, his permission to, mm. to step away. And I ended up having to stay there an extra year, uh, which kind of stunk because I was ready to hit the road and see what was next. But it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. We, we, I stayed an extra year because we decided to sell it. Um, but so yeah. So your father was an entrepreneur. Yeah, he was in. He had an insurance business, and then the golf center was kind of something on the side that we did together. Do you remember some of the things or the thing that he said he would have done differently? Yeah, absolutely. So he loved to teach, and he was a really good golfer and loved to teach people how to golf. So every time, you know, he'd just be down at the range, just helping customers. And he, you know, he told me that if he could do it over, he would have become a club professional, certified pro, and you know, gone to a club and just taught and what have you. Hmm. Yes. So then you left. Um, I know that you say you followed your your intuition and left. Um, you didn't know where you were going to go. Where did you go? Well, so that last year, it, like I said, it was a blessing in disguise. My, I, I, I've always tried to be the best, best version of me. So I sat down one day because I was feeling really out of balance. I had struggling with it. I had a staph infection in my knee that I picked up that was misdiagnosed too. So I was kind of mm. immobile also. But I sat down one day and wrote down five things that I knew that would help keep me in balance during that period of time. And I would refer to my list and it helped me. And my intuition, again, screamed, expand the list and write a book. And so I'd never written a book before, but that's what I did. And I self-published it at the end of the year and I moved away. And that just kind of was the thing that pointed me in this whole new crazy direction. Um, Is that, I, yeah. Is that well, how you found the, the, the arts? Kind of, yeah. So when the book came out, it won a couple of awards, which shocked me, but I, I didn't sell very many copies because I didn't know how to market a book 10 years ago, number one. And number two, I was, I was terrified to speak in front of people. And so I knew that if I wanted to share that message, I needed to step out of my comfort zone and overcome that. So I then moved to Reno, Nevada to be near my son, who was just entering high school about 30 miles away in Northern California. And just started, I took some community college speech classes. I did Toastmasters. I, I created my own interactive workshop for the book. I hired someone to co-host an internet radio show. Good. And I took an acting class just um, to get out of my comfort zone. Imagine that. I just want to focus on that for a minute because I know staying comfortable is the death trap for so many of us. We absorb that comfort and we think that that's what we're supposed to be doing uh, when it's, it's the opposite. If you're comfortable, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be the, uh, the trap, right? Yeah, I mean, I would not have found anything had I not just followed that nudge to, to work on myself. And because I did that, all kinds of other things started happening. I kept saying yes, to scary things and more things happened. Um, I never planned on acting. The acting thing happened. Uh, I took the class, thought, didn't really think much about it after that. I had a dream about a month later, a couple weeks later about this street guitarist, a story about a street guitarist. And I, when I woke up, I just felt, that felt really powerful. I better write that down. And so I did. I met a young filmmaker few weeks after that and I said hey I don't know I've never acted before nor made a short film don't know how to do it but I have an idea you want to do it with me wow. he said yes and so we filmed Guitar Man on the streets of Reno Nevada 
over the course of four or five nights. And I'd never played in front of anybody before. I was a closet guitarist, but it just woke my butt up. I felt so empowered and alive in this little short film, had a lot of really wonderful messages in it, and it did well at film festivals. And somebody else invited me to be the lead in their short. And so one thing led to another, and I came here six years ago to LA. And so I really didn't see myself doing any of what I'm doing. Uh, I just was working on me. Mm. I love that. I love that whole journey. So it goes back to after you left your family business, uh, you knew you wanted to, to get out of your comfort zone, share your message, but you also knew, which is self-awareness, which I love talking about and acknowledging, you knew mm -hmm. that mm, if I want to get my message out there, I'm going to have to um, talk in front of people in some form or another, <laughs> perhaps multiple forms. So to get yourself ready for that, you just started taking some classes, like you said, Toastmasters. One of them was an acting class, just because it, it seemed like a, like, okay, let me do that which I've heard over and over again. And, you know, coming from the acting and film world, I, I completely acknowledge when people say anybody, any business owner, person, no matter where you are really in life, take an acting class, take, yes. an, Im, take, take an improv yes. class, right? What does that kind of stuff do for you? You learn so much about yourself. It's not even funny. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's, it can be cathartic. It can just be, I mean, you just learn so much. And for me, someone who hadn't really learned how to love and accept myself. Um, it just, I don't know, it allowed me to release some things in maybe a safe way or in a way yeah. that uh, I didn't even realize that I was going to be releasing them, but yet it was an, a venue, an avenue. Expression, yeah. Expression. It works yeah. so well. So you, so you did all this and then it, it's really a great lesson in just take a step just do one thing now yeah. that, that that you can that you should that you want to without even seeing the big picture just say okay this sort of feels right intuition and yeah. follow that and now look now you had this dream because you were open to it and you didn't just wake up and say oh that was kind of cool or that was <laughs> weird or judge it in that way right. you you were you were aware you kept opportunity alive and well consciously and subconsciously and you met somebody and said we should make this film. And you did. And that's sort of how you inched your way into the industry. Absolutely. I mean, I really, like I said, I didn't plan on doing that. Um, and, and initially when I started, you know, my first book came out, I kind of, my mom reminded me after that, that when I was three, I told her I was put here to inspire people. So it was kind of interesting. Uh, and, and initially when I wrote my first couple of books, I felt it was just going to be through books. But then when the movie happened, I realized it just opened up my world. And oh man, there's so many different ways that I can put out positive content. And so and that's really been the fun part for me um, is finding all these hidden gifts or hidden, hidden, you know, um, parts of me, creative parts of me that I didn't know I had. And I've found, and I know that you would agree with me that creativity is so important it's just it's connecting with god source the universe whatever you want to call it it just really enhances and gives our life a lot more fulfillment yeah and i i, I always hear people say oh no no no, but i'm not creative and oh, oh yes you are by saying that you're just shutting yourself down don't do that you are creative yeah. maybe you're not uh maybe you're not creative and you feel like you can't paint or sing or write music but but that's only one small thing of creativity i mean creativity is such a broad uh -huh. thing you are creative in so many ways um yeah. 
it's not even funny. So you should yeah. be open to it, looking for these opportunities uh, because or else what I did and what perhaps you might be doing too is shutting it down out of fear because you're like, oh, no, 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 that'll never work. What do people think? Oh, that's not me. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to do. I can't, I can't, I can't. And that mm-hmm. fine. Then that's the person you become and that's how the world responds to you. Yeah, that's a tough way to go. And I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've done a lot of stepping out the last 10 years, but there's been parts like, especially when I got here after a couple of years of being in LA, um, you know, you get told a lot, know a lot. And if you don't have that solid foundation of self-worthiness, it, it can really smack you. Hmm. And, and uh, I didn't know if I wanted to keep doing it, you know, to be honest with you. And, you know, I still kind of stuck it out a little bit, but then I wrote some more books and took a little break. But now that I feel like my foundation is a lot more solid and that part of me is really accept, accepting myself for who I am and what I have to work with, it's not as scary anymore and it doesn't really matter what happens. The key is just to go show up mm. and then the rest takes care of itself. You so know, yeah. you, you, you got to have confidence going into an audition or, or otherwise, you know, they just, you're sunk before you even step through the door. Yeah. Looking back on my you know, 15 year journey. I had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, yeah. you know, it's just one day to the next. They, even if you get cast in what you think is going to be, oh my God, this is taking me. Here we go. Right, right, right. Expectations. Right? <laughs> like, oh, I got it. Thank you. <laughs> and, then, and then it's never that. It's not that. It might be that for like 10 minutes, but then you go yeah. home and you're still the same person and you're still lonely and insecure. Yes. Like, where yes. is the contract? I just performed. I just, I just played to several hundred people, standing ovation. The press was there or whatever. Whatever the thing is that you actually did, it's yeah. like, okay, now what? Now what? Well, that same thing happened for me as I released you know, some of my books and different short films and stuff because I've always, I guess since my mom reminded me, I've kind of I had an idea where this is all headed, well, you know, hopefully on a little bit bigger scale. And so I would put a lot of expectation on each thing when it came out. Um, you know, it, it might have done really well for what it was supposed to do, but it didn't do the grandeur expectations that I put on it. And so then I felt depressed for a couple of weeks and I did not enjoy the process of it. And I finally got to the point, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. If I'm going to be unhappy, this is ridiculous. Hmm. So that really forced me to also just kind of realize that a number one book or something is not enough to make me happy. You know, it's the, it really is the creative process and the journey. It's so cliche, but it really is. There is no finish line. Yeah. And it's all, it's all really well orchestrated, well designed. It's everything's happening the way it's supposed to happen. Cliche for a reason. Let's acknowledge (laughs) that, right? Cliche. Yes. But it's, it's so true. If you have, if you have some retrospect and looking back and looking forward and looking where you are, um, I, I, I wasn't that good um, in some parts of my acting career. Like I was very insecure. So do you think if I'm showing up at an audition, desperate, needy, you're, am I, am I, not only am I right for the part, does anybody want to work with me? Do I, right? They sense that. I mean, they see it all the time. I'm sure. Right. I mean, it's, it's, I give, I give you props for 15 years in New York. I can't even imagine. I mean, that's hard enough just to live in a big city like that. I'm not from Oregon, so that would just like be culture shock. But that's a long time to really to go for it. So, It's true. Thank you. 
Thank yeah. you. Like I said, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, I, I'm proud of that journey and my credits and uh, from where I started, uh, came to the city. Uh, having, I went to Montclair State right out of high school, auditioned and got accepted to the BFA acting program. So I'm like, this is cool. My dreams are validated. I'm going to become an actor. Here we go. <laughs> Let's do this. Right. You, you have everything. <laughs> right. And then you, th and then you like look into the unions and you're like SAG, AFTRA and equity. And you look at the minimums that the salaries and you're like, Oh, look at this. A Broadway star gets paid X. I can survive on that. I'm going to make it work. 10% goes to my agent. You know, you had everything already <laughs> outlined. And then um, after year one, the BFA acting program, like many, you have to re-audition for your spot to get asked back. Oh, wow. So we had our performances for the dean after freshman year. It was my turn to go speak to her to hear my fate. And you can imagine how this story ends. I enter uh -huh. and I see the tissue box on her desk wondering, you know, it, it was like a movie, like zoom in on the tissue box. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> Stop pushing me in. You know, there was like a proverbial push into the room. You know, don't let the door. Every push <laughs> you in. So I sit down, the tissue box is here and she's like, yeah, we're not going to ask you to return devastated of course and so yeah. i wasn't asked back but it's like okay was i good i was 19 not a lot very green right not a lot of life experience i did my best but i i wasn't i wasn't cut out for that at that time but yeah. you know long story short it was the best thing that could have happened because then that summer i saw an audition notice for acting conservatory in new york so i auditioned and got in and that put me on the path so it's all good it's all meant to be right yeah, you know, blessings in disguise. Yeah. My knee injury, leaving the business, what have you, you know, yeah, they're all just blessings in disguise. It's all whatever it is, as long as you have um, the emotional uh, support for yourself and perhaps from uh, a handful of others around you. How important yeah. is that? Especially, you know, wh whether you talk about it in context of, a, uh, of an actor in, in LA in that scene or just as a person, how important is to have a solid support foundation? Oh, I think it's really important, obviously. I mean, I'm a little bit, like I mentioned, kind of an introvert, a little bit of a lone wolf, but I've got, you know, a, a very strong inner circle of people that, that know me and get me and, and, and um, it's, it's really, it's invaluable. Mm. It's what invaluable. is your, um, what is your book? I know that you have a couple at least, right? Uh, but recently your most recent one is Habits for Success. Tell me about yes. that. Yeah, Habits for Success. You know, it's just a culmination of the last 10 years of my life of, like I mentioned earlier, just kind of documenting and honing in and focusing on my own self-growth process and self-awareness process. And I, I, you know, I have 48 chapters in there and there's a lot of different things that I talk about and, and I tried to make it entertaining, uh, inspiring and thought provoking all at the same time. You know, I didn't want it to be a boring self-help book. I wanted it to, you know, just, you know, there's so many different ways that we can solidify our foundation and work toward that, self-worthiness and self-love. And, and these are all things that I think can help. What are some of the, the nuggets we can take away and implement? Oh gosh, uh, there's so many. Um, I got a little list here. Sometimes I forget because there's just so many. You know, uh, ones, you know, we talked about already, get creative, um, be vulnerable, uh, let go of judgment, boldly say yes. Um, it's okay to fail. Happily expect the unexpected. 
you know, that's me in a nutshell. Um, you know, keep up your momentum. Uh, be easy on yourself. You know, and those are, you know, and there's obviously some that are a little bit more tangible, like, you know, that have to do with um, taking care of your instrument, you know, like sleep and drink enough water and, you know, make sure you're putting the right fuel in your body and, and what have you. But uh, And run a triathlon, Ironman? Yeah, well, maybe. It, it, not everybody, you know. Yes, at least get some, go, go for a walk. Yes. <laughs> You know, I mean, exercise, you know, all, all joking aside, exercise in some form or another. Oh, my God. Necessary, mandatory. All, all I do, quote unquote, all I do every morning, 20 minutes running on the treadmill. Done. That's plenty. It's perfect. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great. That's it. I, you know, anymore, I just, I go for hikes and I'll, I'll walk and I'll ride my bike a little bit and that, that I'm good. I mean, I did so much before, but you know, I'm just focusing to put all my energy on other stuff now, but I have to have movement in my life. It's just, I get all my creative ideas when I'm out hiking, you know? So true. Do you, do you journal? Um, not in the typical sense that a lot of folks do, but I'm always kind of throwing ideas down and stuff, you know, while I'm hiking and those probably inadvertently have to do with my own growth process. So in some ways it's kind of like journaling, then they turn mm -hmm. into a blog or what have you, or part of a book mm -hmm. or a story. Yeah. Tell me about a time when you, you really weren't yourself and you still showed up in the world. You had mm. to, uh, were, was there a time when you were faking it a lot or, you know, that whole thing or how did you, how did that come about? Interesting. Well, probably while I was at the family business. I mean, although I didn't necessarily know it at the time, I mean, I, I wouldn't change a thing because I learned a lot. I learned, you know, I was dealing with the public every day and I really, you know, uh, learned a lot. So probably while I was there, I think in the back of my mind, when I started doing it, I felt like it wasn't what I was supposed to do for the rest of my life. But the bells just started really ringing at year 11. And that was when it's like, all right, I'm done. So maybe um, then. So yeah. anybody listening um, who feels that tug, like, oh, I'm doing this in my job, in my day to day, <laughs> in my world right now, this isn't for me. How do they make that, that transition? Just do some investigative work. You know, if there's something that you feel kind of drawn and pulled to, you know, obviously don't quit what you're doing, but kind of dabble in it, take a class, um, read about it, whatever. Just start to, start to make it a hobby and then just see how it grows and evolves. And maybe it ends up turning into something else. I, I know mine was kind of a little radical. I mean, I really just left without any game plan. If you're able to do that, do that. You know, luckily I had, you know, not a ton, but I had a little bit of money put away, which enabled me to have some breathing room for, you know, six months or a year. So I guess it uh, depends on the person, but, but definitely start doing other things. Get out of your, your comfort zone, like we talked about earlier. Get out of the norm because you won't know what, what really brings you happiness and fulfillment until you dabble, until you start to head toward it. Mm. For the theme of this show, I wrote not only be yourself to free yourself, but I also added um, in parentheses, so as not to upset people. Because I know that my fear when I knew um, some, some time ago that after spending a lifetime in this 
hiding spot, right? The hidden entrepreneur hiding all of my power, my ability, yeah. showing up, seeking approval. Yeah. I, I was fearful that I was going to upset people and they would retaliate and come after me and they wouldn't let me out of this box that I've kept myself in. Mm. Did you find that people sort of resisted and, you know, didn't, didn't appreciate what you were doing? Mm. That's a great question. I don't think so. I know that my, my parents were supportive, but I think um, it was like the jury's still out. We'll see. But yet they were supportive. And I didn't get any pushback from really anybody. Um, in some ways, it was also kind of good because I left and I was able to be closer to my son for those four years while I was in high school. While I was in Reno kind of reinventing myself. So, you know, it, it was all... It all is all melded together perfectly, but I didn't, I was lucky. I didn't really have any friends that gave me any pushback. Um, you know, I was, I was in a place in my own life that I didn't really have to um, compromise with anybody. You use the phrase, I love that, reinvent yourself. Is that, is, is that really what happened? Is that what, is, is that what you had to do? Mm. Thank you for correcting me because at the end of my TEDx talk, I, I say I didn't reinvent myself, but I unraveled the parts oh. of me that weren't. So it is a reinvention, but it's also an unraveling of what, who we aren't to allow who we are to come through. I agree with that. I, um, I always use the phrase, in fact, uh, very recently I put a uh, video out talking about, it's not about changing yourself, right? You don't have to change. No. Uh, it's just about, uh, about evolving into the person, becoming the person you are. And you've allowing ourselves to be that person. There you go. Yes. It's yes. always there. It was always there for me. It was just all this fear and gunk stuff oh. that I showed up <laughs> on top of it. And then trying to put on this mask, this happy face, yes. this persona. Yes. You know, that's why I became a performer, right? Let's keep this alive. Well, there's all so many different ways that we try to fill the voids. And acting or whatever, maybe a performance was one just to try to get that recognition. But I mean, it can happen, you know, alcohol and gambling and what you name it. I mean, just yeah, keep going. the wrong, the wrong yeah, relationships. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. finding someone to make us happy instead of, you know, coming together with someone just to be yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, oh my God, I had to do the same thing. I mean, I'm in my early 50s and I'm finally feel like I'm shedding all these things of who I you know, the, the, the masks, you know, just, just really allowing myself to, it's been a process. I mean, I had to work really hard at it, but all these different things I've done creatively have helped me. And, um, did you say now you're in your early fifties? Yeah. My goodness. You get, I'm sure you get that all the time. You look half, right? <laughs> I don't well, no, no, but thank you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I, you know, all those years of, of just learning how to take care of myself and, wow. and probably eating pretty good. And, and thank you. And well, I, I, have, I have good genes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eating, e eating healthy, like you said, you got to take care of this, which um, so important. So, so it's the physical, it's the emotional, all of it. Absolutely. You know, I, I walk and hike a lot. So being outside in nature helps me chill. I meditate. Um, yeah, me too. Know. But yeah. food, people don't realize food is so crucial. It just, it's all about the energy. And, and um, I've luckily all those years of racing, I learned how something was gonna make me feel when I ate it. And so I stay away from most things now because I know that it's not gonna 
And as as we get older too, our metabolism slows down. And so I have to be even more vigilant. Right. So, so let's talk about this because I love this. Totally agree with it. Um, I, I would love every morning a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, <laughs> you know, a bacon, egg, and cheese, pork roll, egg, and cheese on a roll, put some ketchup on that. You know how much I would love that with some hash browns, maybe even at McDonald's. I, I, fine. Sign me up. I would like that. But I know. Any- You'd be ready to go back to bed. <laughs> I know. Exactly. So I know that I got things to do in this world, right? I've thankfully today, I've identified a strong why. I have my two beautiful children that are right, five-year-old, three-year-old, right by my side, tugging at me, reminding me every morning, hey, don't eat that, don't eat that biscuit. That ain't going to serve you well. I'm like, got it, understood. So I have my eye on the prize. I've done all the work. I continue to do it. Um, And it's just a decision. Do I want the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit or do I not? Is there a better choice? Why? Because personally, and believe me, I indulge when I want, when I can, when I need. But I know if in the morning, if I'm going to eat that kind of a breakfast, down yeah. from there. Well, and having young kids, you need to have even more energy. So, I mean, yeah, I just, I know, I know myself really well from all those years of paying attention. I feel so much more confident when I'm at a certain weight. And, and when I'm more confident than exactly. the, the parts of me that are still working through that self-worthiness thing flow better. Cause you know, it's easy to, and I'm introverted too. So I really have to kind of keep myself fine tuned to put myself out there. Yeah. So it's almost like reverse engineering. What's your, what do you want? What do you envision for yourself? What are your goals? What are you going for? What are you looking to achieve? And then you have to backtrack. Okay. What choices now today yeah. are going to allow you to get there at all or even most direct, most efficient or else not. You can, you can make excuses or you can make progress. You cannot make both. If you're like, no, but I want, but I do, but that is, but this, but that fine, fine. It's your choice though. It's all a choice. Yeah. Everything's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and luckily I think I like, you know, although I didn't know it, uh, outwardly into inwardly i knew what my life's mission was and that's what drives me i mean believe me it's not like a need to be hey everybody look at me because there's a an inverted part or introverted part of me but it's just like i want to uh, do what i was put here to do and i want to try to help people as i help myself do what learn about themselves become more self-aware inspire them to to be who they really are Hmm. you know as I've, i've had to work really hard at it myself for a long time and continuing to right and continuing to yes absolutely till the day i die Hmm. looking back on a on a younger version of yourself what conversation would you have with that person Hmm. well a couple things one we talked about the whole self-worth thing the self-love thing and just you know you're enough the way that you are and just really remember that and hold on to that as you move through life it'll be much more enjoyable and number two, to have fun and enjoy the ride because there's that part of me that is very self-driven and would sometimes go from thing to thing to thing as I'm creating and heading to that quote destination early on. Uh, I didn't really, I haven't enjoyed it as much as I could have. You know, I've, I've, I've probably um, Oh, kept myself from some of the things that we all need to, to really enjoy life, you know, whether it's a relationship or intimacy. I mean, I've just been, I was so focused for such a long time 
that I wouldn't really, I didn't want anything to get in the way. And uh, we can have it all. It takes self-awareness and it takes, you know, self-love so that you can cast yourself with the right people, but we can. And I'm finally realizing that. And so I'm wanting to let more into my, you know, more things into my life as I enjoy Right. And yeah, so, so wonderful to hear. Um, And sometimes you feel like, "Mm, well, do I deserve that? Yeah, well, right. And I'm, and that's part of it too. You know, it's one thing to understand something intellectually, but you know, which I felt like I did all along. I've been, you know, but yet until you really embrace that from the inside, it's hard to still. So that's why, you know, just keep trying to do the work if you can and keep shining light on those, those, sore spots you have to Uh, because eventually it will get better and like i said earlier once you you know really love and accept yourself everything else falls into place it really does we just don't carry all that weight around anymore i'm trying to be someone that we're not and and that's the best part of it all for me as i'm I'm just feeling lighter and lighter day day by day that's exactly what the whole nature of my brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, is based on. I like how you put yeah. it, trying to be someone you're not. I showed up um, seeking all this approval. Um, yeah. and, the, and the conflict was um, behind closed doors, I knew what I was capable of. So I was aware enough to know, but I'm not doing it. So that would create all <laughs> sorts of tension and uh, anger and yes. conflict within. Yes. And, and people from the outside are looking at us and say, wow, these guys have accomplished a lot of stuff. They must really have it figured out. Well, so a lot of it's faking it until we make it. You know what I mean? And I'm kind of actually surprised that I've done what I've done without really being that solid. Yeah. yeah. And then I would go through life wondering why I feel alone and isolated and nobody's connecting with me and nobody gets me. And why doesn't anybody appreciate me or give yes. me that chance? And it's like, well, who are you showing up as? Yes. Yes. Until we own our stuff, nobody's going to own it. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course. So was there a time in your life where you, you showed up with an abundance of fear and it just froze you in your tracks and you had to figure out how to, how to get right through that? Wow. That's a great question. I think when I was running the family business, I went to a weekly chamber of commerce meeting and they always passed the mic around and that was freaking terrifying for me just to say my name and who I was and just a little bit about my business. So sometimes I remember that kind of being scary. Um, and you know, there was a few times in it during, while I was acting early on that um, I didn't know if I could handle it or cut, cut, you know, I would just go in just terrified in an audition for whatever reason. Uh, hmm. And that kind of almost made me want to not do it, but I just fought through it. Um, in 2015, something happened to me that really, really gave me a lot of confidence. I did a TEDx talk and I did my first play within about a month of each other. And they were both very scary, obviously, but they're also very empowering. And I survived them. And, and uh, that helped a lot. <laughs> mm. do, you, do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if we're here to learn and grow. And it's amazing how without getting too woo-woo and stuff, because I wouldn't even know how to describe it, but everything's connected. I mean, it's so crazy how people are brought together to have each other, you know what I mean? Uh, push each other or bring up each other's stuff 
to, you know, everything, I don't know, it's just, yeah, absolutely, I really do. And, and looking back at all the synchronistic events that happened to me, as I became really in alignment with my path, I think that we're supported. And, and you know, a lot of the stuff that, that can be hard for some people were just kind of, I want to say handed to me because I was, my preparation put me in that spot of being lucky. But, you know, the TEDx kind of came to me, uh, my literary agent came to me, a lot of things that I didn't really have to spend a lot of time just fell into alignment, with, you know, for me synchronous, uh, in a synchronistic way. Well, you say you didn't have to spend a lot of time in, the, in those moments, but you spent a lifetime, yes, right? Yes, yes. I was building, my foundation was being built the whole way. Like I said, what's that quote? Um, something about preparation meets opportunity is it's luck. luck. Right. So exactly. I, I was preparing and I would, you know what I mean? I was doing yeah. the work behind the scenes. Right. So it's the yes. same thing. Exactly. It's the same thing. Uh, what they say about um, actors uh, who become an overnight success. Uh, 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. It really does. I mean, I've worked my ass off just like I excuse the language that like I know you have as well. Um, you know, and, and yeah. It is what it is, you, you know. Patience, trust, consistency, self-awareness, effort. Yeah. Put it in, make routine, it happen. Routine. Yeah, yeah. and you have to and, and you have to know uh, on some level where you're going, where you're headed, where you want to go, right? What yeah. do yes. you want? And a lot of people, me included, for the longest time I was like just maybe a, a half-hearted idea, but no real vision and okay, well then life will take you where you want to go, which is on its own, on its own course. Yes, or you need to go temporarily to, to work on something or whatever. I mean, there which is not easy. <laughs> Think about that. Are you yeah. spiritual or religious in any ways? I grew up going to an Episcopal church, so I'm not, I'm not religious. Uh, I would consider myself spiritual, but a very grounded spiritual guy. I mean, I, you know, a lot of the poems that I've written are, I think, in layman's terms, but have a lot of depth. Hmm. Yeah. What do you believe happens when it's all over? Our time here on earth comes to an end. I believe in reincarnation. Good. You know, I, I mean, who really knows? But I just know all those, those times of being quiet and really allowing my intuition to come through and finding balance in my life, which enabled me to really do that on an even deeper level. I know that I have support from the outer realms, whatever you want to call it. I know that I have support and, you know, it's just, it's hard to explain, but the more you quiet down and pay attention and, and you're open to it. Mm. Yeah. So let's, let's wrap this up for the listeners. What we've been saying, what is the, what is the big message and next step for everybody listening to do? What should people take away and put into action going forward? Start patting yourself on the back. I have a little success jar. And, and for me, my idea and version, um, definition of success has continually changed as I've, wow. the last, during this journey, because initially we all think it's a job or a certain amount of money or what have you, or, you know, prestigious role. But it's, it's just the self-growth process and stepping up every day and working on being the best that you can be. And there's so many different ways that I can be successful in a day, whether it's making a difficult phone call, telling someone the truth, um, mm. going for a walk or a hike, eating something. I mean, just put all that stuff in a jar and just see it grow. I mean, you're being successful every day. And if you can really just 
focus on that instead of like the big things, it gets a lot easier. So much value and truth in that. I, I, when you put it that way, what we're successful at every day is not just a fleeting thing. Maybe we succeeded today and just getting out of bed. I mean, right. I, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean, so true. Yeah. Being a good parent, you know, just, just, just having patience in a certain situation, letting someone in while you're merging into the freeway. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. All true. Yes. Yeah, right. I'm there. I get it. Um, the, the patience as a parent, um, that, that has always, that I, every time I succeed at that, when the <laughs> five-year-old and the three-year-old, you know, they're there testing me, quote unquote, and it's my job to, um, to show up responsibly in those situations and not flip out. And yeah. now, now when I can say, you know what, it's fine. Okay, come on, let's, let's clean this up. Let's learn from it. Let's see what happens. Let's everybody relax without losing my cool. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I will leave you with this final question. G Brian Benson. Uh -oh. how, how would you like to be remembered? Ooh. Just as someone who mm. gosh. Someone who was brave, that that was, you know, brave enough to step out of his comfort zone and deal with his own fears and insecurities uh, to to become a better version of himself to hopefully help others do the same thing. Beautiful. Excellent. Yeah. There you go. What a story, what a journey that I know is still being written. Can't wait to continue to follow, right? Likewise, yeah, thank wow. you. Wow, excellent. Thank you, yeah. Brian, for coming on and for opening up and sharing all this with us. Pleasure to meet you there. Oh, it's you too, Josh. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Absolutely, thanks. And thank you for everybody tuning in, whether it's to the live broadcast here or to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Google, or Spotify. Leave a review, rate it. Let me know what you think. I love reading what you have to say. We're going to continue the conversation before too long. We're going to do it again. Thank you for tuning in and joining us. Until we do, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.